Chiefs beat writers Herbie Teopi and Sam McDowell will provide their NFL draft and Chiefs draft thoughts on today's Sports BKC, the Kansas City Star's daily sports podcast. It's Tuesday, April 21st, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. Will the first virtual draft come off glitch-free? The podcast didn't, as you might hear. We'll see how NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell, the 32 teams, and technology mesh on Thursday. After a break, Herbie, Sam, and I break down the Chiefs draft possibilities. The team is selecting number 32 overall, so unless there's a trade-up, they're unlikely to target a player of immediate need. Let's get going with Herbie and Sam on the draft. Herbie, T.O.P., and Sam McDowell are here, and they are waiting for the draft like everyone else. Going to be a little bit different kind of draft. I was looking at um, a YouTube clip of last year's intro, television intro to the draft, and there's a like a, a you know a, a pan uh, overhead shot panning the crowd that looked like about hundred thousand people on on Broadway Street in in um, in Nashville. Not going to see that this year, um, and so with the COVID nineteen. Uh, pandemic and uh, what it's you know the, the draft is going to occur in the um, in, in the basement office I guess of NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell and in the homes of 32 general managers spread across the country so before we get started on on the chief's interest and what what the chief's interest in this draft might be let's let's talk a little bit guys about how how different this is going to be and what challenges might present. Uh, these GMs and the NFL for the first virtual and maybe the only uh, NFL draft. But what, uh, Herbie, how how might this just affect things uh, procedurally on the draft? Well, procedurally, I'm hoping everyone is tech savvy. (laughs) You know, what happens if a modem goes down? What happens if bandwidth is taken up? Uh, And you're right, we're not going to see a ton of crowd crowds but what we'll probably see is like dogs running through the living room kids yelling in the background it's gonna be fun to watch but as you know they went through a mock draft on monday uh, that apparently reportedly there were some glitches at the very beginning but it, as it eventually progressed things got smoother so you know, I'm, I'm glad they went through it first because we are in uncharted territory here this is basically a fantasy football draft and, and you know what happens if you're doing fancy football and your internet goes down. All of a sudden, you're in pre-draft mode. So I'm curious to see if the NFL will do something like that. You better you better come up with the pre-draft rankings because if your internet goes down, these are the guys you're stuck with. <laughs> so the, you know, hopefully, it doesn't come to that. But you know, you're right. This is going to be an interesting time. And I, I've heard that. Well, now if if there's not a dog running through some pic, photo, I'll be or, or, or image, I'll be really disappointed. I better hear a baby crying or a dog. In the, in the photo, uh, in the picture. Hey, um, so the, you're right. They, they had a mock mock draft on, on, on Monday, the NFL did and had a little glitch with the Bengals with the first pick. And, um, and, and, but I've heard also that there'll be some patience with the technology here. If a team is a few seconds late or if they're having some, some issues that, uh, the, the NFL is not going to throw a flag on this team or penalize them in any way. So, um, I'm wondering what, what this means in terms of scouting. You, both of you guys went to the combine, so that got in and, and I know Herbie, you went to some pro days on college campuses. So some of those were conducted, but for those players who who you know didn't participate in the combine, 
Um, I, I got to think that they might be at this year anyway, at somewhat of a disadvantage for, for that reason. And, and players who, uh, you know, would, would need some medical follow-up that, that just didn't happen this year. Yeah, you're absolutely correct because a lot of people forget teams are allowed every year 30 pre-draft visits. And that doesn't necessarily mean players who are on the draft boards per se. Most of the time, your pre-draft visits are dedicated to juniors who weren't invited to the combine or who, who didn't go to the senior bowl. And so teams right now, including the Chiefs, are missing out on that key evaluation process. You talk about the medicals there. You're not allowed, you know, you can't go out there on the campuses now and, and see how a guy who's recovering from a season-ending injury, how they look with their workout if they weren't at the combine. Tape is going to be critical here. Thankfully for the Chiefs and most NFL teams, and you know, I think it's a little overrated, so to say, because they, they did have an opportunity to scout players on campuses during the football season. The Chiefs were also – at the Senior Bowl, not necessarily Brett Veach, but his personnel staff was out there while the team was getting ready for the Super Bowl. So they are that part of it hasn't changed. It's the pre-draft process from the combine to Thursday night's event where a lot of teams are missing out. So do you think players from smaller schools or you know fringe players could be impacted by this? I asked Brett Veach last week this specific question because typically in a normal draft year, General managers will have anywhere between 180 to 220 players on the draft board. But because of some of the challenges that these general managers like Veach are facing this year, well, you're not going to be able to have your pre-draft visits, your pro-draft visits. He actually admitted that his draft board has slightly decreased when compared to past years because you're not going to have the full picture. So it's, it's going to be interesting to see what happens here, especially at the end of the draft when it comes to signing these undrafted free agents. I wonder if, <laughs> I know this is a crazy way of thinking about it, but the fact that the Chiefs have five picks this year, I think the Chiefs, is it the Chiefs and the Saints that have uh, five picks, the fewest of, of any of the teams in the NFL, this isn't a good year to have five, assuming they don't trade down for, for more picks. But it just seems, you know, if you're the Dolphins with 14 picks and, a, and the Jaguars have 12 along with a couple other teams, Maybe you didn't get to do your due diligence this year uh, and, and, and can take full advantage of stockpiling your roster or turning over your roster uh, the way that uh, a team like the Chiefs uh, w- would be able to do. The good news, though, for that for the Chiefs fans, though, even though they do have five picks, and, and Sam and I touched on this yesterday, and I know our colleague Sam Mellinger wrote about this, this is a perfect time for the Chiefs because they're returning 20 of 22 starters to that Super Bowl-winning roster. So you don't have a lot of glaring needs here. So five draft picks, basically, let's, let's build some depth here. Let's add some talent to the roster, and let's look forward to the future. But as of right now, they don't need this draft to immediately inject talent into the roster when they already have it. Let me run this other scenario by you, just as a, you know, just a little bit of a guessing game here that maybe we won't see as many deals uh, done this year just because of the logistics. It's just a little more difficult to communicate perhaps this year than in, in future years or, or in past years. And also, there's a great unknown about the 2020 college football season. We just don't know when it's going to start, how it's going to start. And I'm wondering if we don't see teams try to make deals, you know, if, if they're moving up or down in the draft for future picks, 
they're not looking so much at 2021 draft positions, but 2022 draft positions when we think there'll be a full and just you know expected college football season. Possible? That's a very fair point, Blair. And I think when you think about the uncertainty with the college football season, this kind of reminds me of how we entered free agency this year. If you remember, there weren't a lot of big moves to start with because we were uncertain about what was going to happen with the CBA. So when you had that uncertainty, you didn't see a lot of the splash moves that we were expecting. And I think that's also going to translate into how they approach the draft because you don't know if we're going to have a college football season. So you're right. I don't think we're going to see a lot of trades this year. Okay, good stuff. Hey, let's take a break, guys. And when we come back, we'll get into a little more Chiefs-specific uh, targets. We don't know. It's, they're, they're drafting 32. We don't. It, it's really a crapshoot at this point. But there are some names out there. Herbie and Sam both have, uh, have, have offered some. And we'll be back to talk to those guys about those names right after this. Hey, it's Blair. We have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners. Unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Stars award-winning sports coverage. Sign up now for one year of Sports Pass for access to all the sports news, features, and columns presented on the KansasCity.com site, and it's only $30. That's a 40% savings off our regular rate. Your subscription will automatically renew after the initial term at $50 unless you tell us to cancel. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star, and that support has never been more important. Please visit KansasCity.com slash offer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening. Back with Herbie Teope and Sam McDowell talking NFL draft, and now we're going to talk Chief-specific with the NFL draft. And Herbie, um, let's talk defense. I noticed that in uh, in a couple of your mock drafts, I sense a trend um, because the same name has appeared <laughs> twice in, in, in three mock drafts. And when I see the same name twice, that means I see a guy who's, um, who's kind of locking in on somebody. But I don't know. I'll leave it up to you. Um, what, tell, me, tell us who it is and, and why you feel strongly about this. I love the kid out of Wisconsin, Zach Bond. And, and it's funny you mentioned him two out of the three. The first mock draft I had him going to the Chiefs, this was before Bashad Breland signed. You know, I, I still thought that cornerback at that point was huge for them because Breland was still on the open market. But with Breland back, now you don't have to reach at number 32 or not necessarily reach, but identify a cornerback like a Jalen Johnson or a Jeff Gladney out of TCU at that spot. You can now address the best player available. And to me, the best player available for the Chiefs at number 32 is Wisconsin's linebacker, Zach Bond. He not only fills a, a, that best player available scenario, but he also fills a pressing need that the Chiefs have in the current linebacker group because Reggie Ragland's gone. Your only two starters returning are Anthony Hitchens and Damian Wilson. While Hitchens is locked in for the next three years, Damian Wilson's is on a one-year deal. So you gotta you gotta start building there. And and Bond is a guy who can get after a quarterback. He can drop back in coverage. He can do it all. And that's what the Chiefs need. They need an every down linebacker. And, and he he checks the marks, man. Yeah, that dropping back in coverage. I was trying to think of where there were some weak links uh, on the defense this year. 
And there were a couple, but that was one of them. They remember that stretch in the middle of the season when running backs were, you know, were, were surpassing 100 yards receiving against the Chiefs. That was, you know, that that, that to me identified a need at the, at that point. And the other thing that I noticed about about your choice, you know, Brett Veach. We, we mentioned his uh, you know his press conference last week. Uh, he didn't drop many hints about who the Chiefs might be looking at, but he did. He did allow that the that position group is has, has him intrigued. Should we take a, a little hint from that? Oh, absolutely. I, here's the thing that the, the exact quote that really jumped out to me was not only was this intriguing to him, but he says, "quote There's a lot of good athletes, a lot of guys that can really make a difference in space and coverage in the coverage game early on." End quote. They're in the market for a guy who can cover, and, and I, I think Bond is a guy who, who should fit that. And we think he's going to be there at 32? I think he will be there at 32. Now, now you can take mock drafts with a grain of salt because mock drafts among, and I'm using air quotes here, experts, <laughs> they, they tend to be everywhere. But Bond is a guy who's projected to be a late first round, early second round pick. And if the Chiefs really want him, they can't afford for their their second round pick. Grab him at 32 because he's a guy that can fill an immediate need and he certainly can hit the field running. Well, and, and again, uh, the 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 pre Bashard Breland Chiefs uh, all you know. I think a lot of us thought, well, they got to go get a corner. But once once Breland resigned, that seemed to become less of a priority. I, I saw a lot of early mocks, you know, assigning a corner to the Chiefs. It made sense to me. You mentioned Jeff Gladney of TCU. I remember early on we were all talking about C.J. Henderson from Florida, but his stock seems to have risen. I don't think he's going to be around uh, in, in the second, uh, second or th- final third of the of the draft order. But if you know, the cornerback is still a position to keep an eye on, and with that, who 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 might be available to the Chiefs at thirty two who plays corner? If they stick with Chiefs, if, excuse me. If the Chiefs stick with corner, then I, you mentioned Gladney. I like Jalen Johnson out of Utah, AJ Terrell out of Clemson, Christian Fulton out of LSU. But I think. They do have to address cornerback. To me, I think it's still a high priority, not necessarily in the first round. And, and the reason why it should be a high priority is because Breland is on a one-year deal. Uh, Shavarius Ward, you know, we keep we keep forgetting that he's going to be a restricted free agent next year. Um, Antonio Hamilton, the guy they signed in free agency, is also on a one-year deal. So they've got to they've got to bolster depth there. But if they wait until the second and third round, if they wait until the fourth. In fifth round, you got a lot of options here. Bryce Hall out of Virginia, former college teammate of Juan Thornhill, which means the Chiefs, during their evaluation process of Thornhill, certainly are well aware of what Bryce Hall can do because I'm sure he's showing up on that Virginia tape. Trayvon Diggs out of Alabama, I like him. A.J. Green out of Oklahoma, I love his size. Six foot one, 200 plus pounds. He loves playing press man coverage. And in Steve Spagnola's defensive scheme, he relies on his corners with the ability to play press. Dane Jackson out of Pittsburgh is also another guy to consider, maybe on day three. So they're going to have their choices. And if you remember what Veach told us last week during his, his press conference with us, he likes the depth. In fact, he identified three position groups with having the most depth in this year's draft. Cornerback, offensive line, wide receiver in that order. Okay. All right, very good, Herbie. Thanks for the uh, for the defensive update. Now, real quick though, before we let you go, if if a um, if best player available on the Chiefs board comes up at thirty two, and it's a rush end, uh, an edge rusher, 
What, what do you think about that possibility? Hey, I, I will not. I'll never ever um, second guess Brett Veach because the man built a Super Bowl winning roster. If he thinks a defensive end is a guy to grab there, using the best player availability uh, or best player available approach, then hey, grab him. Sam Herbie's got me convinced that uh, Chiefs will go defense with the, if they keep their their thirty second pick overall. Convince me otherwise. Um, you know, I, I think that they don't go either, actually. I think that the, <laughs> the most logical decision is to trade that pick. Obviously, the fifth-year option. Um, I, I just think that's going to become a valuable commodity. I think there's going to be some players fall in this draft because you've got so many quarterbacks and offensive tackles that teams want. I think you're going to have talented guys from other positions fall. So, uh, but, but if they do go offense, I, I, just, I, I think what makes the most sense is an interior lineman. All, all three spots I think they could use with both guard spots in the center. Um, you know, Austin Ryder's in the last year of his contract, so I think a guy like Cesar Ruiz from Michigan makes a lot of sense. Play him at guard his first year because he played a little bit of that in college, Then you can move him to center in year two whenever Austin Ryder's contract expires. Hey, let's let's go back and talk about that fifth-year option for a second. That is a, you know, the, the Chiefs would be the last team based on draft position, to have that uh, that available, which strikes me as being some nice trade bait for them. If they want to collect some picks and move down in the draft, uh, the team that is still you know on, on the very end of the first round has that fifth-year option to dangle out in front of teams that, uh, that may be looking to, I don't know, maybe their guy is, you know, they, they've identified their guy in the, in the, in the late first round and, um, I don't know. It just seems like a. I didn't think much about that, you know, a month ago in the draft. But the closer we get to the draft, I got to think that that's a nice chip to play. Yeah, you know, we saw the Ravens do that two years ago, and they got a guy they wanted, Lamar Jackson. And yeah, it kind of so worked out for them. Yeah, so they've got a fifth year on him, and so they get to keep him for an extra year under con- team control. But you know, there's two reasons I, I think make a lot of sense for for the Chiefs to move back, and one is that I think other teams are going to find that that pick to be valuable and they're going to get maybe more than what that you would usually think that spot is worth. And the second reason is the chiefs have set themselves up in free agency to draft best player available rather than having to focus on the offense or defense or certain position. And because of that, I think when 32 rolls around, they might still have five or six guys on their draft board that they're comfortable taking there that they don't maybe, maybe the gap between those five and six is so narrow that they feel like if they move back to the middle of the second round, early second round, they're still going to get one of those guys that they want. One other position on the offensive side that somewhat intrigues me, Sam, is running back. I, it's it's uh, it, it's a different world for running backs in the NFL draft. I can remember a time when you'd see, I don't know, four or five of them go in the first 15 or so picks. It doesn't work that way anymore. There have been some success stories of running dra- running backs being drafted high, in, uh, but – uh, it's just not like it used to be, but there are some quality backs available and could be there for the Chiefs at 32. And could could you see the Chiefs, uh, you know, taking a flyer on on uh, Jonathan Taylor or DeAndre Swift or one of the one of the other backs? You know, it's it's really interesting because I guess I fall somewhere in the middle of that argument. You know, I certainly don't think that a running back is worth going in the top 10, but um, you know, the the sort of analytics guys don't think you should draft a running back before round three. And I think that's too extreme. I think the top running back in the draft belongs at 
the end of the first round, perhaps early second round. And, and that's exactly where we're talking about where the Chiefs are sitting at 32 overall. So I, I think if, if you've got a guy that you think is it, – it, it obviously depends on where they're rating these guys. If you think DeAndre Swift is, is one of the 10 to 15 best players in the draft and he's sitting there at 32, I don't think the fact that he plays running back prevents you from taking him. You know, Damian Williams is going to be a free agent at, at the end of the year. And I just I wouldn't shy away from that position just because it's a running back and just because, you know, a, a lot of people are saying these guys aren't are the value. To, to me, the, the way teams are screwing up running back is they're picking the wrong guys. I don't think they're necessarily picking them at the wrong time. And look, it's a position where players get injured a lot. You know, they play hurt. They miss games. You, you better have depth there. And Look, it's helped the Chiefs over the last couple of years to have quality depth. Two years ago, when they, you know, when they lost in the AFC Championship game, you know, Damian Williams started the year as fourth, I think, fourth on the depth chart, and <laughs> uh, and moved up throughout the year and ended up being a you know a standout in the postseason. And of course, he had the fantastic postseason this past year. But I agree with you. I I think if uh, it, it wouldn't be a, I don't think it'd be a terrible call to draft a running back. And the last time the Chiefs did that. You know, it, it ultimately didn't turn out uh, as well as they wanted. But Kareem Hunt certainly had, you know, a productive year and a half with the Chiefs. So, okay, um, let's uh, let's wrap it up by saying the uh, the NFL draft is going to be a a virtual uh, enterprise on Thursday. I wouldn't be surprised if there was a glitch or two, and uh, we know that because we have experienced a glitch <laughs> or two just recording this podcast, but. Sam, thanks for hanging out with us, and uh, and we'll talk to you again soon. That'll do it for today. Thanks to our production team of Derek Donovan, Savannah Smith, Randy Mason, Beth Welsh, Jeff Rosen, and Chris Fickett. A programming note. On Thursday, the NFL Draft probably will be on your TV, but have a second screen experience, or heck, make this your first screen experience by accessing on your laptop or cell phone to the Stars Red Zone Extra page on Facebook for our own draft coverage. We'll begin at 6.45 p.m. We'll bring you the news, interviews, and information about the NFL from reporters around the country and locally from the Stars, Chiefs, reporters, and columnists. I'll host the broadcast that'll air live throughout the draft. We'll be back on Wednesday for another Sports BKC where we talk sports in Kansas City every day. 